SB. We are America, one voice, united we stand. And to all of the naysayers, and to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's gone, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Well, clearly I am uh, not Herman Cain. But welcome anyway to the Herman Cain Show. Neil Bortz filling in for Herman. And uh, one of the things that I look forward to is spending some time with Jamie Dupree because he simply will not talk to me unless we're on the air. He's just much too busy. Oh, yes, much too busy. How are you, buddy? Much too busy for time for old retired people. I think I sent you pictures yesterday, but that's okay. You were on the driving range, and there was snow. I had to walk through the snow to get to the driving range with my kid, yeah. How's he doing? Uh, he's, um, what, he's six now, and with a regular iron, he can hit the ball in the air from off the ground with no tee. Pretty good, six years old. So we'll see whether he keeps it up or not. So, yeah. Yeah, we need more younger people in the game, not like the old farts That's I right. play with down here. we don't need those old guys clogging up the golf courses, yeah. Oh, and good, you know, but uh, they, they come up with some of the weirdest. You see, our, our golf group down here is run by a retired Brooklyn, New York firefighter. Probably makes and, it a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, he's a tyrant. <laughs> Does he's he know a, you think that way? Yeah, I've told okay. him. All right, well, that's good. He that's loves good. being told he's an irascible old SOB. All right, well, that's good. You're, you're playing too slow. You're, 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 just bite me. You know, I'm out here to have fun, not to match up to bad anyway. Uh, you've been having a good time. Yeah, this is uh, interesting right now with this battle that we're having over the president's executive actions on immigration. Uh, I see the Wall Street Journal editorial board is just ripping Republicans today over how they've been battling this, saying the money quote the Democrats are just uh, chuckling over today from the Wall Street Journal editorial board is, this is no way to run a congressional majority. Uh, the, 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 as I wrote today on my blog that you can find at jamiedupree.com, uh, the irony is just really interesting, Neil. If we were to have a shutdown of the Department of Homeland Security later this month because of this battle over Republicans trying to block the implementation of the president's executive actions on immigration, most of the employees at DHS would still go to work. I think 87% of them are considered essential. And so they would still be there and ready for business and working every day, just they might not get money in the old bank account for doing that work. They would eventually. They would eventually, they, absolutely you know, right. There's never been a shutdown where people did not no. eventually get are, every penny. Absolutely right about that. The interesting part, though, is that DHS, you have some offices that are funded not by the regular budget, but by money that comes into the federal government through a variety of fees. And the one office that would stay open and still get paid, no matter what, in a government shutdown, would be the office that is responsible for implementing the president's executive actions on immigration. The Customs (laughs) and Immigration Service would be just fine. So, you know, it, it, it does beg the question that even if you have a shutdown of the Department of Homeland Security, whether you blame it on the Democrats or blame it on the Republicans, whatever, it doesn't really matter, sort of the group that the office that the Republicans are trying to get after to deny them the money to implement these actions of the president, they're still going to keep working no matter what. Which raises the question of, 
is this really a fight that you want to have? I, I do sense amongst um, some of the newer Republicans and the more you know aggressive, more conservative Republicans, they want to go to the mat and have a shutdown fight. I sense a lot among a lot of the veterans uh, on the Republican side, they do not. When's the last time that ever worked out for the Republican Party? You know, the last time they took a lot of flack, it didn't hurt them. I don't think the last one really harmed them that much. You, so you could make that argument that it really, it, I mean, most people couldn't even remember the dates of how long the government was shut down in October of 2013 or anything like that. But I, I just, what I find fascinating about the start of this year in this new Congress, and I sense it not only from here in this building, but also on talk radio, is I think more energy has been expended by people attacking their own party than formulating sort of an agenda and confronting the Democrats. There's more Republican-on-Republican violence than there is uh, a red against blue. Let me, you show me where our, just tell me, where I go way off base here. Wait, you've never, never hesitated in the past. No. By the way, did I tell you I recently played 39 consecutive holes of golf with the same ball? Same golf ball, yes, that's very impressive. Yeah, and, but enough about putt-putt golf. Yes. Okay. The truth of the matter is, neither party wants, truly wants, to close the border with Mexico uh, and to make it virtually leak-proof. I know neither, neither party wants to do I it. I would say that the Republicans are probably tougher on that, but there are some Republicans, some freshmen, who just went down to the border and came back. They went down there thinking they wanted to build a fence the whole way, and they came back thinking, no, they don't. And the reason the Republicans don't, Largely, a large reason is there are too many huge businesses out there that absolutely rely on illegals in their workforce to keep their cost of employment down and their profit margins up, and they hold a lot of sway with the Republican Party. Uh, the business interests, uh, look, the uh, agricultural interests have a big uh, reason for immigration reform. Uh, they don't really like the E-Verify and a lot of those other things. So, yeah, uh, the Republican Party is by no means uh, of one voice when it comes to immigration. I know a lot of people believe it is, but it really isn't. Why can't... What, what would be the response if the Republican Party just focused on this? Look, we know, realistically, we're not going to round up all of these people who have been here for many years and shipped them back to Mexico. But the fact is, they came here illegally, they have stayed here illegally, and we will make sure, through appropriate legislation, that they never have the right to vote in an American election. Well, first off, the the group that would be that would not be deported under the president's executive actions, they would not be on any pathway to citizenship, so they would not be, you know, allowed to vote at this point in time or anything like that. You'd have to well, go to the citizenship group. That, but we all know that the ultimate Democrat goal sure, is that, to, that is yes, absolutely to, to make them eligible to vote at some point down the way. Now, uh, I would say this uh, again: the Republicans are not of one voice when it comes to what to do about the border. The GOP leadership responding to a lot of the rank and file who said, "Don't bring up a." comprehensive immigration bill said, okay, we'll bring up lots of little bills that do all these different things that we want to do. The first one was going to be on border security, but there was a rebellion within the GOP. The conservatives didn't like that. They wanted lots of stuff in one bill, even though months ago they said they didn't want lots of stuff in one bill. So Talk about not ready for prime time. I do think there are some people not ready for prime time up here. And, and you know, the one thing is, is that you gotta. I, I think that the the thing you got to do up here is start with getting generating momentum, and you do momentum by getting lots of little stuff through, and that gets you all together and everybody on the same page for the big stuff, which is never easy. 
but uh, certainly it has been a rocky first uh, you know month and a half uh, of this new Congress for the GOP. You know who my favorite Democrat is right now? Uh, who? The uh, Hindu from Hawaii. The Hindu from Hawaii. Yeah. Who would that be? Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard. I didn't know she was Hindu. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you met her? Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't met her. I know who she is. Yes. Uh, when you do meet her, I want to know if she's hot in person as she easy, appears to be on sparky, TV. Easy, No! I mean, how? look, we got to celebrate hot Democrats. How many are there? Come on. So I mean, uh, we there's can't, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> we can't let this segment go without uh, mentioning Brian Williams. Yeah, you know what? That whole thing, I'm just wondering, are they... There are more important people than Brian Williams who have well, told sure. bigger lies that we need to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's probably absolutely correct. On the other hand, you know, people in radio news always have this uh, suspicion about people in television news. That, well, they have more hair, first of Well, all. A, usually, yes, more hair, and they're better looking, usually. Uh, but sometimes there's sort of this ingrained thing in TV news that we, we don't like in radio, that it tends to be a lot centered on you, the person, rather than the story. And as uh, one of my colleagues said, you know, maybe w Williams has always been a serial exaggerator, in a sense. And, uh, you know me, I, I just tell the story. You don't need to... Uh, spruce it up with any extra uh, juicy details or anything like that but yeah it doesn't look good and then it, it doesn't make the rest of us look good who are in this news business no but where's it where's it going is he going to lose the gig i don't know i mean uh, the fact that he took himself off tells me that ain't very good did he take himself off that seems to be the the scuttlebutt that he was not asked to do it but you know once you're not on the air then that raises other questions about whether you're going to get back on the air and then he pulls out of the Letterman appearance. Well, yeah, you wouldn't want to do that right now, especially... It's just, it's just so unnecessary to do what he's been doing. Yes, no, totally. I mean, uh, that's the thing. When you think about it, uh, I, I mean, you can talk about going to the places you've been. You've covered a lot of great stories. There's no need to embellish anymore. I mean, I think of all the great places I've been. There's no need to fake stories about what you've been doing or to say that you were somewhere when you weren't. I mean, I know that I was at the Dover Elks Club in 1992 in Dover, New Hampshire, when Bill Clinton gave his Till the Last Dog Dies speech. I think there were probably only about 15 reporters there, but I bet hundreds say they were there now. <laughs> and then, of course, all of those people who personally witnessed Hillary Clinton running through that <laughs> sniper fire. I don't know. They, they haven't really come forward, but yes, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, he, there's more attention being paid to Brian Wilson. Wilson, Brian Williams, Williams, Williams uh, and and the chopper in Iraq. I think more attention being paid to that than was ever paid to Hillary Clinton running through sniper fire. Uh, she got a lot of a, a lot of talk about that, but I, I get what you're saying. But uh, look, you know, uh, you know us. It's it's always been true. We uh, the the shiny little objects that are out there deflect our attention away from the important stuff. That's yeah. just always the way it's been, and always the way it will be. And there's, you know, I used to throw my hands up about it and, and get mad, but now you just sort of shrug your shoulders, and you know that in that two-minute radio newscast, there's going to be something about some crazy story for a couple of days every once in a while. That's just the yeah. way it is. Well, you know, not with Neil Bortz. Everything oh, yes, surrounding Neil Bortz is dullness, no shiny objects. So just, uh, you know, business as usual. The bottom line, uh, as we wrap up on the the immigration stuff, is lawmakers are in. Uh, they're working this week. Then they have next week off, Neil. 
And then the deadline on funding for the Department of Homeland Security is the 27th. So that means probably nothing happens this week. Definitely nothing happens next week. And then we all come back the final week of this month, two weeks from now. Everybody's hair will be on fire running around trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, hair on fire. I like that. Okay, Jamie Dupree, thanks. I'll get to talk to you again tomorrow. Sounds good. We'll see you then, Neil. Okay, our pal in Washington, Jamie Dupree, The Herman Cain Show. I'm Neil Bortz. Back in a moment. Putting big government on alert with trusted solutions for a better America. He's honest, open, and just tells it like it is. Herman Cain. Now, that previous question from a caller about who do I think is going to be the next president, who do I want, blah, blah, blah. Really, who cares? But I will talk about it.